Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is I it's fucking killing me today. <laughs> I'm Grin. I'm Rainy. Happy New Year. Welcome to January. You mean March 2020? <laughs> oh. Again? Ugh. It's a good joke, but it's a bad joke. <laughs> oh, Welcome God. to the never-ending ground hog day. Are we in the darkest timeline? Definitely. Oh my God. Probably Betty White died. I know. Uh, Guys, it's a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot, a lot to like be angry at and be frustrated with, especially if you're in Ontario right now. Um, but it's important to be like, to remember who to be mad at. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean fellow people and the people of Ontario to be mad at the government. Yeah. And specifically the provincial government who has literally done nothing for the last two years, but respond very last minute to situations they knew about weeks and months ahead of time, you know? Yes. Like, let's pull the mandate off and just lock things down two days before deciding two days before is like literally what they've done the whole time instead of like become more prepared or to become, I don't know, give access to testing or give, you know, vaccine equity and pay nurses more and do all that kind of stuff that people have been talking about for the last two years and they've done nothing so don't be mad at your people or your friends or your community yeah and remember that the provincial election is on june 6 2020 yes and we will be giving you month by month updates yeah we'll be like here at being an artist is fucking killing me because (laughs) we'll be holding the countdown down for you (laughs) yeah don't worry we'll be here (laughs) yep uh, we have been gone for a few weeks because we were on holiday break. Yes. But while we were gone, obviously things happened. And here are some sad things that happened. The first one is Come From Away has completely decided to close down and not go back after return after just returning for two weeks. Were they back on? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And Mervish basically like released a letter that they sent, which was like, if there was any sort of federal funding or not just federal funding, but like pandemic relief funding for arts groups in theaters, this might, they might've been able to pull through, but there was none. Yeah. There were so many people that like the government subsidiaries missed that they like never thought of until it was too late. Yeah. And Come From Away is Canada's most successful musical of all time. They had like almost 900 shows mm-hmm. um, under their belt. It ran for years and it's really like disheartening to think about if like a show like that can't make it and a company that's as, as established and as big as Mervish can't make it happen yeah what else is like what is the trickle-down effect that's gonna, we're going to see in the next like couple months exactly so if you have in this moment I mean donate to your arts organizations yeah donate to your nurses donate to people that need it take classes if you can virtually maybe if you're in Ontario continue to support like emerging and smaller run companies in other places apply for those grants. If you, if you're working on something, you know, if something's been postponed, mm-hmm. keep asking for money, you know, do the things, do the things that we all hate doing, but we yeah. need to do. Yeah. yeah. Boo. Boo. Um, in a little bit more uplifting news, mm. a settlement was reached in the RWB yeah. photo lawsuit with Bruce Monk. Ooh, I so, think you should give the like context to this because I'm not sure if a lot of people know about it Mm -hmm. yeah so essentially there was a ballet um, master instructor 
uh, at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. He worked there for numerous, numerous years. Um, I think from 19, like the 1980s, even earlier than that, up until 2015 when they um, let him go because of the allegations against him. Um, the story is very complicated and uh, he was hired as the backstage photographer, as a photographer by the Royal Winnipeg Ballet for the school, for the company. And he was taking photos of, uh, he would do the headshots for the girls. Um, he would do all types of photo work. And then he was selling the work um, kind of like as art prints. Um, but a bunch of dancers kind of came forward saying that he was um, uh, manipulating and abusing his power as a photographer. And um, there were sometimes moments where they would be in a room with him and he would um, take advantage of them in, mm -hmm. in, for photography reasons and then sell those photos. So this is like an ongoing, this has been going on since 2015. That was like a very bad Coles notes version of it. Please go in and read the actual article. There's, <laughs> there's tons more about this. It's a very complicated, um, complicated story. Yeah, but essentially um, this lawsuit has been going on since 2018. It finally went to court. They finally decided on um, a settlement and Royal Winnipeg Ballet will have to pay every student affected by it um, $2,500 in resurrection, restoration, sorry, restitution fees. Mm. So it's good. It's great that that's happening. Um, I mean, it's interesting that the ballet is paying for it. And not um, himself. And why the ballet is paying for it. I mean, they literally put this man, gave him full access. And, right. To um, underage girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is good news. It's good news to see that one of these cases was taken to court. Yeah. And then one of these cases was won. And um, Sarah Doucette, who is the woman who's kind of been in charge of the whole lawsuit, is an amazing choreographer, dancer, person. Um, and she deal dealt with this whole situation with like such grace and um, yeah, it just also shows just like the impact of like what one person can do for like an entire community of dancers, you know? Totally, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah, so if you're interested in that, there's like a star article about it. You can literally look it up anywhere um, to learn more about it, but it's a win. It's a win for the dance world. In totally, yep. Which don't come often for the mm -hmm. dancers. So yes, it's nice exactly. to see. Yeah. Especially that. against an institution like that. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's just for every one of him, there's another probably 20, you know, at least. Yeah. So uh, it's just such a win for the community today. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, on that wonderful dance note, we also have a beautiful glitter person that we're interviewing today. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> dancer instructor choreographer Shaquille yes um he was so wonderful to talk to I mean just so open so easy so fun so smart yes all of the things so we really loved it I really loved this interview and um it's just like such a just so you know too this was all this was recorded pre um pre-January pre-pandemic <laughs> pre-third pandemic <laughs> <laughs> this was right right before we took our holiday break so mm -hmm. i think it's also our last in-person one yes yeah so enjoy it and if you want to watch it go to our, our patreon, patreon. <laughs> <laughs> head on over to our patreon um we could use your support as well and thank you so much and let's get going
Here we go. Hi, my name's Shaquille Rawlick. I am a dancer in Toronto. Also choreograph, teach, and make a lot of things. Sure the beauty okay. of recording is it can be edited. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've learned. That's why I love dancing on film. Same. Really? It's the best, because you can F up and keep going. Yeah, I or don't like it. Over. Well, I just hate watching myself. Oh, I think it's like I a shoe to do. I love it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> because I, sometimes it just hits, it's like, ooh, messed that up, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Because it trains you to get rid of that skill of like, oh, I messed up. Let's start over. Right. I don't think, yeah. I, that's never been something that's been, but I just don't like watching myself. Oh. It becomes hard. But know. it's so good. If you get over that hump, it like teaches you so much about yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll watch to like figure out like what, yeah. like um to in that sense. But like, I don't like watching final products because I think it's something, there's something oh, yeah, about like a final that. product. I watch the final right? I watch rehearsals <laughs> a lot. Not the final. I'm like, eh, it happened. I was there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I experienced it. Yeah. I was there. It was cute. <laughs> what about, um, I'm just going to say we're starting now, right? Oh, okay. Plus. What about when you see yourself in um, commercials or something like that and you see it all over Instagram or all over? It's cute. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, that's me. Like there was a uh, one for the TAC. That was like in all the like flyers for the yeah. Doras. And mm. I opened it and I saw myself. I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Right. Um, but you did an ad for, is it McDonald's? Which is like a pretty big. I did a McDonald's one and a Pizza Hut one. Oh shit, I and, didn't know about that one. Yeah, the McDonald's <laughs> one was an ambush because they wanted a TikTok dancer. So I like, <laughs> of course, you know, whatever, did the thing. And then sent that in. And apparently because I like did like this, like this movement in my like audition, they changed the whole concept. And they had me in like this made up extravagant gown with heels and yeah. makeup and walking through and strutting. And I was just like, what is this? Because <laughs> it's not me at all. Oh. Uh, people liked it, but doing it, I was like, this is not me, but okay. Walking down. They like, all, yeah, it was almost like that persona was because you did that movement. They created, yeah, they changed like, the whole. They, tra they created a character in their brain. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Which almost, sorry, just feels like stereotypical because you like vogued and they're like, yeah. oh, we're going to put him in like heels drag. and face and everything. <laughs> I mean, the product was great and the team was amazing because yeah. nobody on set was over the age of 31. Oh, love wow. that. Yeah, it was a very young crew. So I was like, I felt at ease and we did it. I mean, it was cold AF. Yeah. <laughs> and I commend anybody who walks in heels because that was my third time in my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, so they, just, they see one thing and they're like, okay, then you can do this, go. And you're like, yeah. Uh, Did you okay. have any hesitations when you got there and that was like, were you like about to be like, uh, uh. Yeah, they had two outfits and one of them was like the one you saw in the commercial, like the white with like this frilly thing. I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's fierce. They had this like really large pink cheetah leopard drag race. Pink yeah, drag yeah. race, pink outfit. I was like. Like very campy? Yeah, and it was like. <laughs> these skinny pink heels and I was just like that's definitely not me <laughs> <laughs> I mean like I am not a pink stiletto no, 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 no. <laughs> but it didn't fit and the clients didn't like it because I totally like swayed them because in the white one I was like posing and then the pink one I was like <laughs> so, <laughs> so you made it work you for don't you don't want to wear something look ugly in the photo <laughs> I remember that one <laughs> How often yeah. is it that you, the the way that you audition for something and then when you go in on set and it's not what you think it's going to be? For TV and film? 
80% of the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, because the audition is just a snippet or they ask you for something really random. Like Pizza Hut, I walked in, I saw Apollonia from Gadfly and learned this like combo and then you had to do it. Yeah. And then you had to switch formations and all these things. And then when I got on set, the part that I auditioned for was not the part I got. So it was like greasers and like preppy people and I auditioned for the greasers. So it was like very hard and like obviously got, got the preppy people <laughs> and it was legit just stand up, turn and walk. Um, and I was like, you made me do all that choreography to do this? Yeah. 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 So weird. Yeah, yeah, like my brain is filled with so much information that I don't need anymore. Yeah. I or, to let it go. Yeah, a lot of them, they ask for more and then they make you do less. Right. I find. Which is like interesting. Like, um, I guess they want to see what? how much you can do, or like, I don't know. Maybe I, it's also like dependent who else was in the room. Yeah, I, I think also a part of it is like we have this random role and we don't know who to audition. Let's come up with a task and whoever does it, yeah, sure, they fit. Right. Yeah. Um, like, lock and key, all I had to do was eat like I haven't eaten in 10 years. Really? So I was like, <laughs> it's lunch. <laughs> Did you just recently do lock and key, or was that? Yeah, like earlier this year. Oh, wow. And it was just, it was like four, four or five days of shooting, mm -hmm. but they were all random scenes. I was part of a crew and I was basically like the henchman of, yeah. <laughs> of this like pack. <laughs> but because I'm not a stunt person, I wasn't hired as a stunt person. It would be like a fight happens. I'm walking up. Oh, the fight ended. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pretty, pretty easy gig. But like the audition was to just eat on camera. Weird. So strange. There's also, one eating scene, but... <laughs> also, like, the politics around, like, you're not a stunt person, so you can't do the stunts, but you're hired as, like, the face of the stunt people. Yeah. There's, like, a weird yeah, thing about that. Like, why... I mean, like, I'm sure you did a great job at it, but it's just, like, also, like, why... It's just interesting. Why would you use, like, also a stunt... Per a person that was also a stunt person, you know? It's very know. interesting. It was, it was interesting, <laughs> but it was a fun gig. Yeah. But... I did not do much. Like day one, we legit like walked in the alley, looked to our right, and walked off. And I was just like, "You're like, how much am I being paid for this?" I got paid a cute penny, and I was like, "Okay." Did you work with Donna at all? Donna Kraus? No. 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 She's like the second. We second just... unit director. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's very lovely. We just talked to her recently. Oh. Um. How have you enjoyed the contrast of working in musicals versus TV and film? It's interesting because TV and film is not my first choice or my second choice. It's like, really? if it happens, it happens. Cute. It's been happening. Yeah. It pays You've so been really more. successful. It pays way more. <laughs> for one day, I was like, I'm set for the summer. This is amazing. Wow. Um, but yeah, theaters are like my heart is because I love that live experience. Mm -hmm. So it is very, very different worlds. Um, theater, I find more personal. You know, I find you can engage more, you can drop it more, whereas film is very much like show up, do the thing, and leave. Yeah. yeah. And wait around for 10 years. And there's no process. Do. None. <laughs> and you, yeah. like, went to TDT, where, like, which is, like, like we talked, a contemporary mm -hmm. program, which, like, I feel like all Processes contemporary dances, process, process, process. <laughs> process for three shows. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I wonder if that's why you enjoy... Yeah, I, I, I like just working on something tangible and sharing that, rather than just doing it to make money right right but the money's lovely <laughs> <laughs> money is nice said so i won't complain if i get it right but it's not like i'm i want to be a movie star i need to get this role right, right. um 
which actually kind of is a good mindset to go into it because then when things land it's like yay and if they don't land I'm not like in a ball on the floor and I think that I think that casting people read that though they can read when someone's like too eager eager desperate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that comes across as like a turn off right oh uh, I, I, everything I've booked in TV and film has has been something I forgot I really? even did yeah like I actually did a callback yesterday for like this face wash commercial and I totally forgot I did it because I did it in transition like I was like leaving the house and I was like oh crap <laughs> yeah that's good enough said it yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah, yeah. I, I think part of it is just kind of doing it to get it done mm-hmm. rather than doing it to make it perfect mm-hmm. for me yes yeah. which is I mean a musical theater audition would be like you want to nail those notes yeah and how much singing. time and effort do you put into those additions? Like, oh, too much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of money, because I didn't, I didn't go to Sheridan. <laughs> so. Oh, so you're like paying for vocal. And... Oh, yes. Oh, Every God. single week. I, uh, that's the one thing. Like, I was told it's called musical theater. Where's the word dance? Right. right. So yeah. I was like. You're right, because I auditioned, like, for example, I auditioned for Hairspray and got to the end. Everybody loves me. It was great. You know, Hairspray is whole black and white. and mm-hmm. I'm the only black person in the room at the end. Right. Well, yeah, I got a call back to go singing and get that job. <laughs> so what, who did they, is it, did they, were they, did they cast any black people? Yeah, yeah, they found, like, different black people from across the... Oh, okay, it wasn't from, just from that audition. Yeah, they, they found, they had people in mind, but... They had to call people in because singing first, dancing, you can always change, but you can't change the notes. Yeah. Right? You can always change the choreography. You can always change you can choreography. You can always make things simpler. Yeah. You can always change blocking. Mm-hmm. Can't change the notes. Right. How do When you are auditioning for shows that are, like, they specifically discuss race, mm-hmm. and you are the only black person yeah. in the room at that moment, how, how does it affect how you audition? It used to be like, ah, I'm just here because I'm black. Now it's like, you don't look like me? You don't look like me? I got bills to pay. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But does it make you, like, question the casting and, like, how Uh, they're picking people? It depends on who's on the other side of the table and who's calling me. Um, There are some situations where I'm like, oh, they totally don't know people of color and they're just calling me because of my link to whatever and I'm kind of like I don't want to do this right those are the ones that I tried to avoid and I've been really fortunate to pull myself out of those spaces right so I haven't felt it as much earlier on oh my god yes definitely like my first thing right out of school was definitely because I was black right and the only one in the school and I was like I hate this <laughs> right 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 so and you hated the way that it like a it was casted and b how you probably felt in in it or yeah it was very much like we're gonna give you an opportunity and now we're gonna ignore you for six months <laughs> right like yeah. ignored you in the process yeah because you got the gig yeah no it was very much like they wanted to check off their visual boxes right to have diversity mm-hmm. and inclusion and uh, but obviously this choreographer he had his favorite so he focused on them in the process mm. and everybody there was just a body to fill up space and yeah, it was just very, um, if I knew then what I know now, I would have just 
chilled and did it and gone home. But like you're fighting to be noticed and everything. Yeah. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. he already knows he's not gonna hire you. Right. right. It was just like it was a rough experience, you know. Like when a choreographer when a choreographer sits down with you at dinner after rehearsal, it's like turns to you and says, "You Vogue, right?" <laughs> and I'm just there. Why is that expectation uh, put on uh, me? There was another black dancer at the school at the time who was into Vogue. There was like four of us. And I don't know, maybe through the grapevine you heard that there was a black dancer at the school of Vogue and it was assumed it was me, but just like the whole, you Vogue, right? I was like, uh, it, it, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. How, do you, how did you respond in the moment to that? Oh, no, I don't. You don't. You just, <laughs> yeah. that's, no, that's what I told, told him. Oh, no, I don't. Mm. <laughs> I think I mean that's like a whole issue within like I mean entertainment so like musical theater tv and film is is there's these expectations um put on people based on how they look and I think Mm -hmm. I mean they've been combating that a little bit lately like um like immediately like what was the role we were talking to um one of our friends about um, but like going into an audition and being stereotyped as a certain thing uh-huh. and how it, it's changing, it's morphing. They're not like going to these stereotypical characters anymore, but have you been witness or have you been a part of those conversations like in the inner workings at all? Uh, I have this like weird thing where I can sense when that may happen. Yeah. So I turn mm. things down or I avoid. Yeah. Um, I've seen other friends be involved with things, and I'm like, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> that's, that's, that, okay, fine, it's up to you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting experience because on one hand, you want a job. Right, yes. And on the other hand, they need someone that is not all white casting. But then it comes down to the intentions and if it's a right fit for you, and that's where it gets really foggy. And I find we're still kind of working through that right now. Right. Um, Because there are some spaces that genuinely have been like, wow, everybody we have casted has been blonde. We need to change our ways. And they really (laughs) are trying, but because they've kind of closed themselves off in the act of trying, they just come across like they're trying to check off boxes. Mm -hmm. Right. So I feel for them. (laughs) Totally. What do you mean by close themselves off? Mm -hmm. Like, where can people make their intentions more clear? How, like, like, uh, where do yeah. people make their intentions more clear? Like in your example, oh, we've only cast blonde people, let's do better. But, and they close themselves off to feedback or... Oh, no, it's just like, I find people stick to what they know. Yes. And without thinking, sometimes people stick to what they know based off of their life experience. Right. So if someone looks like you, you're more inclined to want to be around them. Yes. Right? Mm. So I find there are certain spaces where directors, choreographers, people behind the table see someone and they're like, oh, you remind me of such and such, therefore I like your energy, therefore I'll hire you. Mm-hmm. And right. then as a result, they like that connection, they want to keep it, so they keep hiring that people, those, mm. that person. Yes. And then they have more people who remind them of that person before you know it, you have a group that is basically mono-ethnic. <laughs> right. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and the act of doing so, you're kind of shutting out others and denying a your group to be diverse and b denying yourself to have access and the opportunity to work with different people yeah Mm -hmm. so and then as a result of that you just naturally you're closing yourself off because you're not giving others a chance you're kind of stuck in one way of thinking 
And I feel that's not the best route to take. Right. Like you're no. kind of close, like you said, closing yourself off from the possibility of like creative, moving your creative process into a different way yeah. or like taking mm-hmm. different risks or chances. Yeah. I find like I was talking to a friend about this uh, in musical theater. Sometimes people tend to hire the same cast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the musical is the one thing yes. that switches. And I was just saying, well, why isn't there a clause where it says like 40% of your cast has to be new people you've never worked with? Mm-hmm. Like that would be interesting. It kind of encourages you to keep searching mm-hmm. and right. kind of stirs up the pot a bit. I mean, like, yes, as a performer, you know, you want to have that stable job because it's the most inconsistent totally. <laughs> career. Um, <laughs> But I think for the sake of the industry, sometimes I'm okay with not being hired back in order for some new blood to come into the room. Right. Totally. But that's me. And I know there are some people who feel very attached to, you I also, have this job, so it's I mine just, forever. I yeah. just constantly think of a lot when you use that example. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't exist anymore, so. <laughs> True. <Eey. Yeah. laughs> um, I also think about, like, you kind of lose, that would also help, like, not having like the bitter, like older company member who's just like <laughs> hates everything and doesn't want to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, love them to pieces, but it also I'm sure would help with that. Get that energy out of there, new energy, yeah, fresh thing. I, I think you just keep. You need to keep rotating people in spaces to keep things alive. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you stick with the same energy for a long period of time. If it's not, if it's a company, like a dance company, that's fine. You know, you have your company, you have your people. But I feel like if it's mm-hmm. like a theater or a show or something that tours or something, I don't know. It just needs to keep switching to just show the possibilities within this thing that you're creating. For example, if it's a musical, why not switch the leads up constantly? Totally. Broadway does it. Right now we have Brittany, who's the first black Glinda on Wicked. Like, yeah. yep. there you go. Or... Ashley De La Rosa, who was the first black Regina George. Yeah. Right yeah. now, Karen on, I keep going back to musical, but Karen on the Mean Girls Broadway tour is black. Yeah. Yep. Right? So, like, you can, there are possibilities to switch things up. I just feel like some people, maybe they're scared, maybe they're worried about longevity, because I also know on their end, it's like, if I have $50,000 in two weeks to make something, mm. I need to know people I need to hire people that I know can do the thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. There's that. So it's also taking that risk. But... And you're not just speaking about like blind casting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So totally. I, I think, so I understand like, yes, you want to have reliable artists, but sometimes it's okay to just try and fail. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And also like if no one takes a chance on anybody, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like you need that one person to take a chance on you as an artist. Mm-hmm. And just like let you develop and grow mm-hmm. to like reach the next level in your career. And if we never give people those chances, yeah, we're all the industry's gonna die out. You have to. <laughs> Welcome to the contemporary dancing. <laughs> I, I was lucky someone took a chance on me. I never went to a studio, right? right totally. So oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't. Never went to a studio, but this one woman, Lindsay Daniels. Um, she took a chance. She basically, she was my high school teacher who paid for my ballet for a year and got me into dance. Oh, wow. Right? Mm -hmm. And because of her, look at where I am now. Right. So it is possible. Also because I was talking to a friend of mine like years ago about this. With the way things are set up, it's very hard for certain people to grow or excel in this industry because dance is a career that you start before you know you want to do it. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the way you sort of set it up. Because the expectations are you got to be able to do that center switch. You got to be able to do 10 turns. You have to have your leg by your face. But if you don't start as a kid and you don't have the genetic lottery, yep. Good luck. Right? Yeah. So we have to kind of find new ways, for example, maybe you don't have to pay for a year, but like encouraging new bodies to get into it in new ways, which Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to do, Mm -hmm. um, just to like have difference (laughs) in the industry. Also, that genetic lottery is a load of crap. It's like, it's, that's all they ever, when I was at World, that's like all they talk about when you're like nine to 12. Is really? Like, well, when, they, yeah, specifically about like turnout and your feet, right? Because yep. they talk about your genetic lottery buildup and how muscles, like the leg going into the pelvis is like a genetic lottery of how open your turnout will be. Uh-huh. Which is like, you, which is, I understand that in a sense of like thinking about turnout, yes. but like just because you have mediocre turnout doesn't mean you can't be a ballet dancer or a dancer in general you know yes it's it's, yeah yeah there's a lot of things that we expect from a dancer that at the end of the day when i think about it it doesn't matter like that's why i love musical theater because 98 percent of the time you will be wearing shoes (laughs) right and no one's gonna see my biscuits it's fine (laughs) (laughs) And for like that. for like women or female identified bodies, you're in a long dress. Yes. They just want to see the fabric go up and down. Right, right, right. As long as everybody's dress is swooping in the same direction, the height, okay. You everybody's get... happy. Right? Right, like, right. As long as you're not in like a chorus line situation in those shimmery tights, you're good. <laughs> but yeah, there's just like so many expectations that I'm like, on one hand, yeah, I understand. I can see the validity in that, but there's also value in not having that yeah Yeah. i've been talking more i've been just thinking about i mean obviously there's been a conversation in the dance world for a while surrounding this like idea of like technique (laughs) and like ballet technique being like the technique of all dance which is completely false exactly and i've just been like and everyone just i think growing up learning the word technique and assuming it with ballet technique yeah and i i've just been thinking of like new I've personally just been trying to like brainstorm about like different ways to talk about like obviously like there's a technique for hip hop Mm -hmm. that would be not useful in ballet and there's a technique for West African movement that would not be useful Mm in this you know and like the the best way I can even think about it instead of calling it technique is like just calling it like fundamentals of form and like what the form would be because like and I've been trying to like change my vocabulary when speaking about to younger dancers, like, okay, well, your um, ballet fundamentals need work. Yes. And our ballet fundamentals are this, this, and this. Yeah. This doesn't mean that these fundamentals are what you need to take into your next classes, uh-huh. you know? Totally. I love that approach. We need more of that because, yeah, people think technique is turnout and grand plié and all this stuff which is valid and great but like when i'm teaching afro it's like the thing that'll hinder you yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. wanting to be away from the floor yeah, yeah. like you just got to be able to i like fundamentals of form so knowing how your body could be placed in order to better serve whatever aesthetic you want to achieve Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, uh, taking out the idea of technique out of like the Eurocentric. That word just needs to be like taken exactly because it, it has so much Eurocentric like yeah. ideas. Yeah. And yeah. like what is good in dance is like 
this like European idea of what dance is. Right. And that just like those things need to be separated. Mm-hmm. Oh. And also that separation allows for more bodies to be in dance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We need more bodies in dance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Different bodies. More, in different dance. bodies in dance. <laughs> Showing yeah. the possibilities can be placed on various types. I think that's really important. Like I worked with AC Mensa mm-hmm. on a Zoom project with Sheridan and everybody was very different and I mm-hmm. found it so fascinating translating what she wanted and it, articulating it to like 12 different or was it nine I don't know to mm-hmm. everybody in the cast differently in order for them to allow the aesthetic to fit on their body right I, it is possible mm-hmm. it is possible it's just sometimes the expectations if they don't rely on genetic lottery it is it is possible <laughs> yes so crazy uh so totally it's banana yeah. <laughs> you also have this like idea of like the more people that we bring into the communities like different artistic mm-hmm. communities and different ideas of dance is like also the wider audience you have the more people that can enjoy it and be a part of it and not just be like a dancer or like in the thing to enjoy it mm-hmm. and so like i feel like if you're limiting your cast of white people you're also limiting your audience mm-hmm. and you're also limiting the people that can enjoy it and then oh our we're not making money at this thing and i was like oh well you're not very you're not asking people to come either yeah you're just assuming it's... that everybody wants to see that body that you've placed on stage on stage right facts facts yeah. i noticed this because i went to go see an opera once and i was like wow it's a sea of silver right. <laughs> cotton swabs everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Totally. But at one point, those cotton swabs. <laughs> so true. So, like, we need to find ways to introduce new eyes to yeah. work. And what is on stage right now is not what everybody wants to see all the time. So, mm-hmm. by having different things on stage, you can have difference in the audience. Yeah. I feel. Did you also have a similar um, experience when you went to the ballet recently? A little bit. Um, I did a project, New Monuments, with CBC, Cannes Stage, and Luminato, and it was like a bunch of POC um, companies and the National Ballet, mm-hmm. and it was a hot mess. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, they got everybody in that process tickets, so oh, okay. they, we were kind of sporadically spursed up yeah, yeah. amongst the front, so it wasn't right. um, completely white, but... <laughs> <laughs> The but, front row, at least. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I find it is a little bit uh, one note in yeah. those audiences at times. I just like struggle with the price of those tickets, to be honest. Mm. Like I saw Angels and Atlas right before we went into lockdown the first time around for my birthday, and then I had come back. It had, it's back now, mm-hmm. or was, and yeah. I was like, oh, I would love. To, and it was different programming. I was like, I'd love to go see it again. I'd see Crystal Fight all like over and over and over That's- again. And I was like looking at tickets and I was like, it's like a hundred dollars to sit with an obstructed view. And I was like, and I couldn't figure out. And if they had any of those programs they were running before, like mm-hmm. CATA tickets or rush tickets or like anything like that. And I was just like, I can't really justify paying a hundred dollars to go see the ballet right now. Mm. Also show that you've already seen. Show yeah. I've already seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. That's a financial barrier right there. It does feel like we should be putting, I mean, like money into spaces that we've lost right national yes. ballet did not i mean i'm sure it suffered no a bit they of a all pay- worked they even mentioned it they were yeah. working full-time or, or were everybody was still able to get paid during the pandemic right so, which is good which like, is great good good, good, good yeah. for them to, to continue to pay oh. their dancers 
Um, but I think we also like as a community, arts in general, we lost a lot in, in the city. Yeah. Of course, yeah. the pandemic. Definitely lost a lot. And it's including artists. We lost a lot of artists that just left. Yeah. They're like, you know, found a stable job. Eesh. Like, oh, I can work remote and do my hobbies and mm-hmm. have a life. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> or I can live somewhere that doesn't require me to pay $2,000 in living expenses every month. Mm-hmm. Right. But I can still like have do the things I want to do. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a tough one because on one hand, we lost a lot of artists, but I'll say devil's advocate, now there's a bit more space for some mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. teaching in these schools. I'm seeing they, I feel my generation is not the greatest <laughs> right now with wanting change, but I feel like these younger generations are really trying to find ways to change mm. through trial and error. Mm-hmm. I'll say they're not always successful. Right. Um, but the fact that they're trying and they want something different, I applaud that and I want to support that because I'm focusing on them because mm-hmm. we're already set in our ways, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I was saying to a friend of mine, like I teach Afro jazz at this one studio here. And I was like, no one my age is going to really come to this because we only go to classes with, with people that will give us a job, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of like going to class to learn is kind of getting lost. It's, you go to class to be right. seen. You go to class for clout. You go to class to show it off. Say do I'm you, doing this thing. Do you think that's something in like the musical theater realm? Do you teach at Metro? Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't necessarily feel that way about class and I or taking class. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of like push back against that statement. But I also oh. don't go to class very often. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, if I do go to class, I just go to GMD. Like I go to a technique class. Mm-hmm. I go to somewhere where I can just like move across the floor see my friends, and leave. Do the thing and leave? Yeah. Oh, I, I sort of felt it. It's, okay. it's my experience. Totally. I know not everybody's like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just wonder if it's like that's more prevalent in like commercial dance and like musical theater where there is like more regular casting. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I have to retract my statement. You don't have <laughs> or to. Or I don't know how to. <laughs> I, uh, deep in for clarity. Um, <laughs> In spaces that are casting with money, I yes. find that those industries, if you are closer tied to a job, you're more inclined to have bodies in your classes. Mm. Yes. Regardless of the title of the class. Yes. Um, and I see that a lot of people in my section of the industry in my generation are going to these classes um, only if it can further them to getting or make them closer to getting that job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my, my opinion and feeling right now because I, I see one <clears throat> class, one type of class that has like 30 bodies and then looking at a ballet class, ironically enough, it'll have four. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like people are not really training, they're just going to be seen. Yeah, right. Um, and then it's very evident, I'll say, because right now predominantly I'm working musical theater in that world. When I go to these auditions, I'm not a technical dancer. I don't consider myself a technical dancer. I'm a mover and groover. I started late. I do all the things to fake it till I make it. Yes. <laughs> if I feel like I'm the strongest technician in the room, that was in, that's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It, you mean like technician in dance? In like that's in like dance. Yeah. Do you but, feel that when you like go to a singing call? <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen. <laughs> two different skills. Two very different skills. <sighs> I'm going to sing and call you get what you get, and I'll be upset, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just feel like the the caliber in this world that I'm in is a little lower than what I wish it could be. Hmm. Oh, okay. Because no one's training themselves to be that. Of course. Unfortunately, NYC level. Like, <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They're training to be more well-rounded, do you think? Yeah, they're, like... they're, they're evenly splitting their focus mm-hmm. um, between acting and singing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then dance kind of gets... It's, it's there, it's yeah, there it's but like it could be a little bit more fine-tuned, which is like teaching at Sheridan. I'm encouraging them to look at dance the same way that they look at the singing. Mm, totally. Like I'm like, you don't sing double forte one note the whole way through. No. They're like, no, that's stupid. I'm like, then why do you dance one dynamic? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. And they're like, oh. Like, yeah, that you can just find parallels between the two. Um, and then this ties into another thing that I tell everybody. This is my view. A hobbyist works on consistency. They work on trying to just get the thing. I want to know how to do a pirouette. This mm. is my focus. I just want to understand. A professional transitions. They know mm. how to get in and out of that. They, pirouette's fine. Mm-hmm. They focus on, okay, I'm going to get into it, and I'm going to come out of it. Maybe I might suspend and come out of it, or I'm going to jump out, but it's a choice. Mm-hmm. An artist, dynamics. Mm. Everything is a choice. It's interesting. So mm. I encourage people to work at that artist level where things are a choice because mm-hmm. imagine if you're in a room with beasts and everyone's making these choices and thriving off each other mm-hmm. oh i'd that's, be inspired to do my best that's yeah. also how you differentiate yourself right yes. that's how you find your like style and like what makes you you yes in a, and you're in not a room. just doing yeah. steps which yes. is there's a time and place for that because if you're auditioning at the rockettes that's, don't mm, do that. Do not. <laughs> Take, retract that statement. <laughs> but make it yeah. a choice. Totally, yes. Yes. Ah. yes. If that's it's right. all you know, then you walk in that space and that's all you have to give and then you get upset. But if right. it's a choice, then you can be like, well, I chose to do this and it didn't work out this time, but I know I have more in my belt to give to another space. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So. That's very Rockets. <laughs> Better not- look like exactly like all of everybody around you. <laughs> yes, and even then they will make fun of you if you are not tall enough. <laughs> that is a... um, you spoke a little bit um, in what you sent us about how uh, you you feel like you're like paving your own way. Definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that... Um, Oh, I can't think of the exact quote I'm thinking of right now. Sorry. That you feel like you're like paving your own way and sometimes being like um, black, being a black man in these technical spaces is either like people really are um, reciprocate, uh, reciprocating it mm-hmm. sorry, or they like push against it. Yes. Because I realize when I think of people before me, who could I use as an example? Whereas you think of people before you, who can you use an example? Right. Yeah. 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 So for me, there's no blueprint. Right. And it took me a while to realize there's no blueprint. Right. So I'm kind of just trial and error, figuring out what works. And yeah, some spaces are really eager and receptive because I'm right. the only one. And some spaces are ignoring me because I'm the only one and I don't fit the mold. And but that's it, taxing. <laughs> 
you know? At first it was extremely taxing. I was like distraught. I graduated and my thought was, I'm black, I'm never going to work, right? Um, Because no one looks like me, no one has me in their mind, no one's thinking about me, Mm -hmm. like, and it's so much work to make them think about me because I can show them I can do the thing, but I got to work twice as hard, whereas like the blonde Jason over here, he can just point (laughs) his foot and get a job. And I was just like, ah, it's so annoying. The mediocre white male dancer. (laughs) (laughs) But um, then over time I realized, wait, no one looks like me. So I can do whatever I want Mm -hmm. and make them look. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? I can just, as long as I commit to it, naturally I'll stand out. So might as well be excellent and stand out than Mm -hmm. just be miserable and stand out. Right. So I sort of switched that and now I'm... Yeah, shaping my own path, doing my own things. I mean, I'm not successful at everything, but... And you do still get pushback, you were saying. Oh, yes. There there are moments, um, like right now, I am teaching at an institution where my ways are not conventional because I never went to a studio. Right. <laughs> my path, if I told anybody, I doubt anybody's had this exact path, you know. Mm-hmm. Went to university. They told me to go to this training school. Went to a training school, and right out there, I've been working with different choreographers so my my means and ways are not conventional when i teach a class i have no idea how that class was taught before because i probably have not taken it totally (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. you don't understand how to structure it probably in the way that they're used to yeah in in your way and where you're in what you want to do in your brain that makes sense but it's the way they like i know what the goal is and i kind of had to sift through the BS to get to that goal. So I'm just teaching my way of avoiding what is unnecessary. Right. But I find that some people are like, well, this isn't how things are done. And, and yeah. this feels weird. And you're weird. And I don't get this. And why is it like this? I don't want to do this. This is uncomfortable. Why is my body doing this? I want to do 10 turns. Uh, <laughs> um, do you want to know when that's going to come in handy? Rock never. <laughs> Almost never. The amount of auditions where I've, where they've been like, do 10 turns, and like that's just you get the audition. I've never been to that audition in my life. So I've been to one yeah. audition. Actually, no, two. Two they auditions. Ask you to do where 10 they, turns? No, they asked you to do a triple. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. That's like, the, yes, I yeah. feel like that's like an age old, weird technique audition yeah. that, like, yeah. Yeah, Stratford was an interesting one. They had us doing triples and center switchboards. And I was just like, so hey. strange. Also, like, was that in the choreography, like, in the final product? Like, split switch? No, just... it was not for me. <laughs> I checked out. Like a split like, switch like to... Yeah, like a strap. <laughs> I haven't done one of those in, like, a... You couldn't ask me to figure it out right now. Well, I did one in my life, and it was in that room. <laughs> <laughs> and did you land, like, just, like, so hard, probably? I don't remember what happened after, but I kept going. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> good for you, good for you. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of things that you learned, and it's like, yeah, but no one really asked for this beyond Compland. Totally. Mm. No one's going to put in a triple turn in a piece of choreography, and it m- may be kind of messy. Like, they're going to put a clean single that everybody nails yeah. and looks great doing, you know? Yeah. I s- oh, it's bananas to me. So I've been trying to encourage people to approach not what you're doing, but focus on how you're doing it. Mm. And a lot of people are like, but I just want to do my turns across the floor. And I'm like, that's great. But what piece of choreography are you just doing PK turns in a line? <laughs> Straight, <laughs> like uh, already great through ballet. We are not twelve anymore. Yeah, like that's great. Yeah, you might do like one or two, but like, no. So I actually try to like show people like here's where the dancing comes into play. Mm-hmm. Yes, you totally. have the, the skills to do it, but like let's put it into something just so you can see the yeah. transitions. 
and then you can add the dynamics but yeah there there have been some that are like if it's not this i'm not doing it and i'm like okay then i'll fail you like it's like that simple i feel like that kind of pushback in a class setting is so interesting to me i would never have the nerve yeah but um (laughs) being one of two black male dance teachers Mm. in the industry of what i do uh, when you don't look like them they question you (laughs) yeah they question you and until you prove yourself sometimes they they but i feel like your resume proves it they don't see that I don't walk in with my resume. I don't. You should be like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I don't flaunt myself like that. Um, Some of them, they look me up after and they're like, wow, you did all this. And I'm like, I did. I wouldn't be teaching (laughs) if I hadn't done something. But um, yeah, like I find that that's very interesting because I don't look like her. (laughs) Right. They are like, some of them have been like, "Hmm, I don't know about this one. Right. It happens. It happens. Um, Also, because if you think about over time, especially before pandemic, a lot of male teachers were taking advantage of positions of power. Mm -hmm. So I do understand that if that is your experience, the second you see a man in front, you're like, oh, don't trust. (laughs) I have that reaction as a woman now to Uh, like male choreographers, I will say. Like a specific type of male choreographer. I, because of like my experience, I just like will be like, immediately i'm like i can't be yelled at by like a european white man anymore like i like i can't i'm sorry (laughs) like there's just something that immediately goes like hell no Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm with you on that i have my own things with that as well yeah um which is why i'm trying to go against it Mm -hmm. i don't yell in a class Mm -hmm. i never yell in a class how archaic yeah i make you love it so much that you want to do well Mm mm-hmm but it's in your hands. It's your, cause I, the sassy thing I say is like, whether you get this turn or not, I get paid the same. Right? <laughs> it's in your hands. Yeah. If you want to do well, I am here 100%. Like I just did a show at Sheridan and there's this one guy, Anthony, and every time I talk about him, oh my God. Um, but he would stay after rehearsals for an hour. Right. And just work and work and work on things. And I would stay with him. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you. this is exactly what I did. Like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. This is in Oakville, and I live downtown, and this is an evening rehearsal. I'm leaving at 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't care because that's someone who wants to work. I'm here for you. Also, that's like teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you can't check out. It's not a time clock teaching. Which no. It's like a mistake that people make. Yeah, a lot of people, like, it's like, well, my hours are done. I'm, bye. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm here. If, I'm a resource. Take advantage of your resources. A lot of people don't. Right. You don't know who's walking down the halls teaching you half the time. You just see them as, oh, this is someone who taught me how to do a pirouette. Mm. But if you look at their resume, if you get those stories, if you understand your industry, that can service you more than just that pirouette. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. Right. Totally. Context. Context Mm -hmm. is everything. Yeah. But uh, some people just want to focus on that dang pirouette. (laughs) Maybe it's like... that damn like pirouette. The only thing they can control. Mm, maybe. But you're in control yourself. You can like. I feel like eighty percent of this industry or jobs for me have not come from an audition or what I do in a space. It's how I act with people. Mm, yes. Right. And that's like also 
from the experiences you have with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I got a job because I kept smiling at someone once. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I think, yeah, I feel a lot of people just need to, like, focus on their space and their surroundings and not just the technique. Mm-hmm. Not just the purpose they're there, but focus on the experience. Of course. And how you can lift that. Because just focusing on the one thing that you have to do in that one space at that one time, great. Then you leave and you forget about it. Eh. Yeah. But imagine if we all like were like really involved in the spaces that we're in, really soaking in that experience, really supporting and uplifting each mm-hmm. other, regardless of this, that, or the other. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. That for me would be the type of industry I would love to like experience and be in. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Rather than, oh, there's a job. It's gonna be mine. Forget you. <laughs> yeah, you know what that sounds like to me? Not industry, it sounds like community. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's very it's black, like- black of me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we are. Oh, it is community. It's like, you need something here. Yeah, yeah. and it's also like understanding that that it's not just this one thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody's a whole person. Yes. And they're not just a dancer or they're not just an actor in front of you. They're a whole person in the room. Yep. That is that is hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, we are all people. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> people first. Artists are just a facet of that. People yeah. forget that though. Yeah, people forget that there's a human, there's like a soul and like a yeah. heart inside of our person, which is rough and disheartening. I've been in some bad situations where I've only been seen as a body to do the thing, and if I can't do the thing, then I'm trash. Mm. You know, I was in the UK doing a solo. I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I cried every night. I did not want to be there. I thought it was garbage because I couldn't do the thing. Right. I wasn't like appreciated for the fact that I was willing to do the thing. I was just like, you can't do the thing, you're garbage. Right. Right? Which yeah. is something that someone else puts on you. Oh, and right. then you feel it so deep and down that like it affects everything mm-hmm. in your body. Also, I imagine that that's like such a lonely experience because from the outside, everybody's looking at like, oh, you're touring, you're in the UK doing a solo. Like, that's what I want to do. That's the dream that I have, Mm -hmm. doing solo work across the pond. But then you're like, sorry, that was such a weird, I've never heard you say that before. (laughs) People say that though, that's insane. I I did not say that, I said, I've never heard you say that. Um, And, but then you're having this awful experience while you're there. Yep. And you're just isolated by that. Yep. Yeah. (sighs) Not, 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 yeah. Not so that's it. why I put care first. Yeah. yeah. Care for the human spirit first, and then the artistic soul will flourish. Mm-hmm. That's just my view. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like your approach to, like, to teaching and artistry in general, it stems, like, so much from when you were younger and you were clearly just, like, a mover. Yeah. And someone saw that you were moving and grooving. Mm-hmm. And they thought, this person needs classes yeah i feel like it's just about caring and supporting Mm -hmm. if you care for the thing you want to support it right if you love it my life life thing if you love it you make it work yeah i love dance somehow i'm making money off of it in a career (laughs) (laughs) the grace of the power it's working out right right and i feel like you do you make things work by supporting them you don't make it by ignoring or trashing or you know all these negative things you just support love care support so if you pump that in yes 
Imagine a room full of people that are like caring and supporting each other and happy and genuinely there for each other. Yeah. Now imagine a room where everyone's being selfish and to their own and only care about themselves. Mm -hmm. Which room do you want to be in? Yeah. First one. And we've all been in that second room. That's the yeah. thing. Yes. In additions, in in anything, in rehearsals, and we've all been there. In classes, even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find class taking classes can be quite isolating. That's why in my classes, I always encourage acknowledging other people. Mm -hmm. A lot of my across the floor, you have to connect. Yes. Like because on stage, you have to connect. You're not, it's not a solo, right? Right. Like a lot of the dancing, it's like, have a moment with people. Okay, now let's do the dance together. Have another right. moment with each other. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel that that is getting lost. People get in class and they get into like, I need to be here to just focus on me and forget everything else. But in doing that, the skill of connecting, because right. I see it as a skill, mm -hmm. is like not there. Totally. And then you go into rehearsals, and then they say five, six, seven, eight, and you're like, why is everyone so cold? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like in their head trying to get the step. Yeah. Instead of using each other for information to get mm -hmm. the other step. Yeah. You know? I feel like. And like not, I'm sorry, I don't mean like using badly, I yeah. mean like helping and supporting. Yeah. Yes. You and know, I, feeding off each other's energies. Yes. So that's, yeah, but that's, that's the way I feel. I would prefer the room to be if I'm in charge. So I'm trying to right. help encourage that. And how do you, because you're teaching dance at Sheridan, which is like a musical theater mm -hmm. institute, there's so many different forms of dance in every musical, depending on which one you do. How do you, do you do like, I have a formula. Okay. So <laughs> this past semester I had each, they have three, sections that they divide the classes into mm -hmm. sorry and i have four classes with each so the first one i did like afro jazz mm -hmm. so more like the grounded sometimes vernacular moving mm -hmm. less eurocentric technique then i go into latin mm -hmm. and then i go into commercial and then i finish off with a musical and by the time we get to the musical they see how it all has fed into each other mm -hmm. so nice. that's that's my formula there mm -hmm. um and then they also dance the musical theater one very different, right. given those three Informed. classes. Because they have yeah. different things to, to pull from. Yeah, and I don't have to focus on this thing they call style. Because mm. they realize it's always been there. It's just the dynamics that you choose. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. So so that, that's how I, I approach it. Because I know there's so many different musicals. There's so many different styles. Yeah. And to have to like learn into each individual style, is it's a lot. But sometimes you just got to like, listen to the music, trust your body, and show it. Totally, and yeah. where that beat is falling in your body mm -hmm. is like so important, right? Mm-hmm, because I feel that if you take away the music, the dancing should not be the same. <laughs> right. Because mm. a lot of people, they dance to counts, mm. right? Five, six, seven, yes. eight, oh, one, <laughs> two, three, four, and then I can put any song on this and the dancing is the same, it's fine, it's consistent, that's cute. Right. But like, are you listening? to how you're attacking things, right? Right. Uh, I feel like that's more important. Yes, so. mm -hmm. yes. And we were just cringe <laughs> laughing because I would just recently <laughs> was just talking about how a lot of, it's astonishing to me how, I agree, I completely agree with what you're saying, but it is astonishing to me how many people, dancers, don't know how to count music. Mm. Because <laughs> they don't teach, and that's just like a result of not teaching music as much music classes in like elementary schools and et cetera. But yeah. like, it is just, it's just interesting. I, I think, 
I, I see value in both. Like I know counting music is really important. Yeah. I know feeling music is really important. Totally. But I think you need to have that internalized, you know, when the beat's going to drop. Yes, totally. And yeah. if you have that, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about. Of like, course. like yeah. as movers, you know, you, when you hear a song, you're like, five, six, seven. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. like you know. Top, yeah. the top of the phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, yeah, a lot of people are sometimes struggle with that or they wait to be told that and it's like, like sometimes I don't say five, six, seven, eight in a class. Oh yeah. I just play it and I just see what happens. And it's interesting to see who's actually listening to music versus who's waiting for me to direct them. To count them in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To tell them when to go. Mm-hmm. Being an eager beaver. Yeah. Mm. So. I, you can ask the question? Or do you just go ahead. I was like interested because we were talking about it before we started. Um, what kind of moved you away from contemporary dance into more musical theater and commercial styles of dance? <laughs> Many things. <laughs> um, contemporary dance. Um, well, going down the list, no one really looked like me. So I always felt like there was not a space for me specifically because at the end of the day, if someone was casting for something, usually they have an idea of what they want to see. And unless they know me personally, I'm not it. Therefore, I'm not in the show. Mm -hmm. um, I felt it was a very Eurocentrically focused uh, industry or Eurocentric aesthetics. So yes. if you don't have the hyperextension, the feet, the height, whatever, um, then you're not really involved or you're not appreciated as much. Yeah. Um, the, the demographic itself, you know, it's predominant. my experience is predominantly white people. Um, and as a result, there's certain things that I, especially after being in the black dance, dance industry for a bit and then going into contemporary, I was like, there's a lot of things that are lost. And then I questioned the why. For me, it was just like, why are we doing this? What is the, what is the purpose of telling this one story? What, or why are you abstracting? Or why are you avoiding narrative? Like, what is the reason? Yeah, yes. I believe all art can be valid if you can answer that. Yeah. yeah. I, not, I may not prefer it, but if you know your why, I, I will support you. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I felt like a lot of that was lost. And I just found myself questioning, yeah. why am I spending five years in process for this piece to do three shows? <laughs> And you're, you're not really giving me any answers or anything. And I'm not allowed to look up. And it's very internal. And that's, I, there's just a lot of things in it that didn't sit right. And also, when I was in school, I realized you, you talk about contemporary choreographers. And I'd be like, who? But then you say West Side Story. And I'm like, which version? From what year? Which revival? <laughs> who played Anita? I have the book. I have the script. I have the movie. I have right. all the recordings. Right. I naturally was always into musicals. Yeah. Yes. So then that's where I sort of like went to. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not downplaying contemporary dance in any way. I, a lot of it's gorgeous and I'm here for it. But for me as an artist, being in those spaces, I just found myself being like, why? Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a very select few choreographers that within that world that I'm like, yeah, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. But in general, I was just like, why? You're doing all of this, but where is it going? Mm -hmm. And I th it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of it's work. It's a lot of work to act like you don't fucking care. Yeah, and cool kids club. The the, <laughs> the storytelling. I realized, you know, being a black body, we're natural storytellers. Mm -hmm. Like African dance is a musical. If you think about it, like the yes. singing, the dancing, the music is always one. 
They yeah. never do it separately. It's mm -hmm. always like one thing. And coming from that in my lived experience, which is my black body, um, naturally I want to tell stories. And then being in that world, I was told, no, it's too linear. It's too, there's too much narrative. And I'm just there like, what? Why do it then? Mm. Why am I throwing a ball around? Haha, <laughs> shade. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> hey, oh, you can't love... fire me now. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> but yeah. like the, the why is the main thing. And I also got really frustrated because some people would get so much money to do nothing. Mm, you said not me, <laughs> mm -hmm. but to do I'm not like no money, so. things that are like, why? Totally, and I find it in the contemporary dance community, especially in Toronto, it's the same people getting the money over and over and over again to do the, the same projects, mm -hmm. to remount the same work, the which same just people. brings us back to that what we were saying, like why I just can't watch like the four same people doing the same movements again and again but in a different non-narrative context yeah. yeah you know like it needs to be switched up there needs to be difference yeah you need to work with different people yeah yep. um because there are some companies out there that are beautiful the first time yeah and then i see them again and i'm like did i see this piece last year <laughs> oh it's different okay yeah true is it <laughs> but we're also going to remount something from the 70s cool 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 oh, cool, cool. Oh, yeah <laughs> oh my God. Remount city. Remount city. and oh the my thing God. like i remember i had because i was learning this piece in school and i was one of the two male soloists in this is a quartet and it was like four solos at the same time and i remember being yelled at because there was a thing where i had to take my hand behind my head and then point and she's like it's wrong and i'm like in the very few point, he goes straight out. He's like, "No, it's wrong." And so, ten times wrong. Oh. Also, like wrong. And then eventually, she comes over and she does this, and makes my palm go to the ground. She's like, "That's what it needs to be." And I remember being like, "Tell me that the first time." Let that, me get the but also, <laughs> what difference does it make? It's moving so fast, you can't oh see God. it. Oh my god. <laughs> also, like wrong is not a correction. Wrong is not feedback, right? It's. It's That's an opinion. It's an opinion. <laughs> on a subjective art. <laughs> I'll never forget when we I was relearning choreography for this company in Calgary. And it was like this. I don't, you ever, did you ever do that piece? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And it was like, no, 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 no. You're thinking you have to think about it's and it's just whole. I think we spent like three hours on just like <laughs> three. It's like a three walk movement where like you tilt and then you come back up. And I'm like. When I think about the idea of that, I'm like, why? Why are we going through, like, why are we spending, this is, this is why you don't have any money. <laughs> like, this is why you waste time. You wasted your money on this, <laughs> you know? And oh, I, man. I think they don't know the why. <laughs> yeah. Or they've lost it. Back and I'll see it. They there was a why it. when they created the piece the first time, maybe. Yeah. And then the 12th time, 10 years later, there's no more why. There's just like, it doesn't look as good as last time. Well, it's on a different body, so adjust the work. Mm -hmm. Don't just expect every single body to come in and be the exact same. Totally. No, I, I hear you on that. <laughs> Knowing the why. Rant City. Yeah. Musical theater. There's a why. <laughs> there's a why. Uh, urban dance, you know, commercial dance. There's definitely a why. Yeah. Totally. There's a, like they know why they're doing this. They have a purpose and intention. If there's an yeah. intention driving you, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. It might not be my preferred aesthetic, 
and I'll I'll always say that, but like, there's a why. <laughs> there's right. a, there's something driving you. For me in contemporary dance, I was always questioning why. Well, I'm on stage. It's it's so funny because they talk about this, and this is my own opinion. This is what I've come to in the last little bit. But they talk about in contemporary dance about being selfless a lot. But I find that contemporary dance is actually the most selfish because you're doing what feels good yep. and what you think feels good to you and you reject everybody else's opinions and about that. Yep. But if it makes you feel good, it's fucking self-indulgent bullshit that nobody wants to watch. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's it's... why we're not selling no tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, like I did a <laughs> self-promotion. <laughs> so I'm doing a work with Theater Fast and Ryan B Current and it is more of a contemporary physical theater narrative. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the talk back, one of the questions I wanted was, what is not clear? What is foggy? What don't you get? Because that's my biggest thing when you get into that abstract contemporary land. Nobody puts up their hand. Everyone got it. So I'm like, it is possible to create work right. that has a why that lives in this contemporary dance world. Totally. But you also use the word narrative. So storytelling. Storytelling. It's back to that. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, I, just don't like I guess personally, I just I'm not a fan of abstracting for the sake of no reason. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I guess. I feel like that's a really old, like postmodern idea of dance. You know, we're abstracting because we're just trying to get away from what we, we've already done. I feel this is my personal opinion. I feel it's very much like they didn't let me in their clubs, I'm gonna make my own and make it so weird that no one else can join my own club. I feel right. it's sort of that sort of vibe sometimes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I don't know, I feel like we should just support each other. I remember yeah. I told the old artistic director of TDT, I, years later, because I did not go back to that building. Yeah. Um, drama, uh, <laughs> um, that I was doing Mary Poppins. And I was so excited. Like, I was telling her all these things I'm doing. She's like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. I was like, yeah, and I'm doing Mary Poppins this year. And she walked away. Mm. In my head, I was like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, <laughs> that How about you say pays. congratulations and walk away? How about you, you don't need to just walk away. Like, also, just be happy for someone. Yeah, no. you know? No, no, just no, no, no. Your, the work that you want to do doesn't mean it doesn't they're your have value. Like, you were one of their students. Like you, they should be happy. For and you. now you're a professional artist in many facets. Like that's what they want coming out of their school. Mm. I don't know what they want. I yeah, mean, not necessarily. I mean, I'm mad at me. <laughs> yeah. But like, if you are a school that is producing artists, you want those artists to do well, mm -hmm. right? Because then that reflects well on your school. We talked to Joanna about but that, but only in a certain way. They only want you to do well in a certain way, in certain spaces under their guidance, right? So then, like, 90% of their grads are, like, the people that go on to not work because they, or can't work because there's not enough work in the contemporary field. Those people are failures. But also, that, that idea is pushed on to, like, new choreographers of our yes. generation as well. Like, I've heard of companies that are well-known with, like, younger directors that still put those ideologies onto their dancers. Totally. Really? Yeah. It's like ingrained in the mm -hmm. in the stop in the. It just needs a little little shift. Yeah, a little kick a little, down the road. A little shift. Like, what is the why? Why are we here? Yeah. What is the purpose of standing in first? My thing is, if you can tell me why, <laughs> if you can tell me why, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Like, just a lot of it, I just questioned, mm -hmm. and then I had to impose my own why in order for me to do it. Mm. And the hardest part was being told that was wrong. 
but you ain't telling me. Right, right. So. Find purpose, but not the purpose that you want, the purpose that I want, and even though I don't even know what the purpose is. Yes. Or I don't have a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So let's so throw strange. a ball around. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> is being an artist fucking killing you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much weight. Yeah. Oh, but I love it. Play some weird freak force of nature. I love it, but... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot to dissect. There's a lot to put yourself through. It's a crazy thing to be an artist, I feel. It's kind of insane because you're throwing yourself into something that does not physically give you back any accolades or anything, but you just mm-hmm. keep pouring yourself into it because you mm-hmm. love it. Totally. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is if you kind of have a moment of like, I need a pause, you can always take that pause. Yep. And I say pause and not stop for a reason. Because I feel like once you're an artist, you're... For life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cult. Yeah. (laughs) Culty. A hundred. A hundred. Uh, If people were wanting to contact you, take your classes, whatever it may be, where would they find you? At Shaq Roll on Instagram. S-H-A-K-R-O-L-L. Awesome. And everything's there. And they can just say hi. (laughs) I like talking to people. Just go say hi. Yeah. Hey. Um, thank you for listening. If you had any questions, if you had something to say about today's episode, hit us up. Let us know anything on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Anywhere you want to stock that X of yours, you can check us out. Gabhalprods. <laughs> yes, at Gabhalprods. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.